0: Hello, folks, and welcome back once again to the best show in junior hockey. Of course, now in audio format. We're getting up there in the weeks, but our excitement continues to grow about what this audio format really allows us to do in terms of talking to coaches, talking to players, uh, talking to league officials, and, and really just promoting the game of junior hockey. And someone who has no qualms about promoting the game of junior hockey, someone who loves the audio format, if for nothing else, it gives him a break from the crazy suits that are always just a little too tight in the shoulders. It's Dan Kay. Dan, welcome to the podcast.
1: It's a little tight everywhere now, Lucas, all these suits. I I'm in. I've got my quarantine weight on. I, uh, I, I'm a little, bit, a little bit out of shape right now, a little slower, a little more sluggish, but I'm, I'm starting to get myself going again. I'm actually going to be putting together a Dan Kay boot camp in August. So you're going to, you're going to see Dan Kay in tip-top shape come puck drop in September here with the NCDC and we talk about the NCDC we talk about puck drop we talk about the great game of hockey in the greatest league in all the land the USPHL and who could we not leave out who could we not miss talking to it's Dan Hodge and Dan Hodge a former professional hockey player a guy who's not just coached it who's not just owned it he's played it he's lived it it is a life Blood for him, Dan Hodge, the head coach of the Twin City Thunder, with us here today. Coach Hodge, how you doing? I'm
2: doing great. Uh, you know, circumstances what they are, right? I'm doing uh, doing great. You know, living living, spending a lot of time at home here with the family, and uh, you know, we're just just having a, getting uh, having a crazy summer here.
1: <laughs> I think everybody is at this point, but we're excited. We're going to dig into some conversations with Coach Hodge coming up next. But first, we pay those bills. We talk about some brews and some coffee brews that we recommend to you, the folks at home, or sometimes that we don't recommend. But I think this time, Lucas, I think I think I gave you a pretty good treat. I was up in Maine recently here, and uh, I came home bearing gifts. And uh, Lucas, let, let's hear your beer review this week for the folks up in Maine that are watching us today.
0: Yeah, so you brought back uh, a real treat, and you brought back one of the things that I love, and it's a good old-fashioned shootout between two different beers from Barreled Souls Brewing in Saco, Maine. I did the pro move and got a little bit of a, a pronunciation help from Coach Hodge before we started the podcast, so I didn't look like a fool. Uh, so we've got two beers from Barreled Souls. They're both blonde on blonde, but they are aged in different barrels. So what we've got here is an experimental wheat on one hand that's been aged on buffalo uh buffalo trace bourbon barrels which is a blonde barley wine and then we've got another uh, experimental wheat beer that is a blonde barley wine but aged in heaven hill bourbon barrels uh, both of these beers clocking in at an completely unreasonable 15.2 um, <laughs> uh, percent <laughs> Dan has attempted to derail my entire night. Um,
1: but I was just hoping to get all the questions in today. That's, <laughs> I wanted to, want to do all the talking. Is,
0: is that why I got them all in last week? <laughs>
1: that's it. That's exactly. Um,
0: what. So I like that Barreled Souls went out on a limb here. I'm really digging this whole like shootout between barrels. Dogfish Head did something similar with a white wine and red wine barrels with the stout that they had two or three years ago. Um, the Romulus and Remus Imperial Stouts. So I did two blind taste tests. Um, I did one blind taste test out of the fridge and one blind taste test after about an hour sitting out. The beer that won the blind taste test out of the fridge was the Buffalo Trace bourbon aged beer. The beer that won the 45 minutes to an hour out of the fridge was the Heaven Hill bourbon. So I've tried to synthesize everything that I've been coming up with over the last hour and a half. I think the Buffalo Trace bourbon is a really bold flavor. I mean, if you've had Buffalo Trace, you know that it's it's a little bit hot on the alcohol. It's got those. Uh, it's got a really bold, big flavor. Um, the Buffalo Trace starts off as a little malty or a little sweeter, but then the problem is, I think, as it warms up, um, it gets a little too hot, a little too much alcohol. And with a 15% beer, you want it to warm up a little bit. It's it's almost like a wine at that point, where you want it to be served at 55 to 60 degrees. Um, and so that's why I sort of as I've been drinking it going towards the heaven hill bourbon because i think i prefer heaven hill over buffalo uh, buffalo trace bourbon um and i think the heaven hill is a little bit milder a little bit rounder a little smoother and i think that has aided the wheat wine as it's warmed up because as a beer warms you actually get more fruit flavors you get more of the esters you get less of the yeast um and the hop flavors that you would when it's cold um so I think the Heaven Hill bourbon, if I'm honest, is a little bit better. I think they're both phenomenal, though. I, I really have not had beers this high of an alcohol that are this drinkable in a very long time.
1: Scores on these guys?
0: Yeah, I really have to give it up to Barreled Souls. I think the uh I think the Buffalo Trace gets an 8-1. Um it's really good. It's malty, it's sweet. If you like bigger flavors, you go for that one. Uh the Heaven Hill bourbon, I give that an eight six. I, I just love what this tastes like as it evolves, as it gets better, as it gets warmer.
1: I love it. I, I'll tell you what, for the folks who haven't been up there yet, you're heading up, you heading up to Twin City. You're going to check out a Thunder hockey game. You stop in there at Barreled Souls. It's got that old school vibe to it. Looks kind of like, like an old colonial times building that this place is, is serving out of. They got the, the barrels in the back where you can sit and drink and eat off the actual barrels that this stuff was aged in. So it, it's... One of a kind, man. They also, for those of you who don't like the 15.9 ABVs, they've got some really good fruity sours and IPAs too, stuff that makes Lucas cringe that I love. So never afraid, never afraid to go to fruity way there. But we kick this one over to my coffee review. I'll be a little quicker than Lucas. I'm a little less verbose when it comes to it because I'm a simple man, Lucas. I'm a simple man. You know, Leonard Skinner said it best. Mocha, Starbucks. The Starbucks Mocha here today, you can buy this thing at ShopRite. You can buy it anywhere locally. Starbucks, we always go to the Bucks when we need to, Lucas. As, as a guy who's DoorDashed himself just one cup of coffee from a confused DoorDash driver multiple occasions throughout this quarantine, I'll do it again. This milk is good. It's chocolatey. I mean, if you're looking for that, I'm a little bit more of a coffee guy. You know, I, I want to I taste that, that bitterness, that coffee. I'm going to give this thing, like a 6.3. It's, it's a hot chocolate milk, man. It's a hot chocolate milk with a little bit more energy in there for you. I'm not a mocha guy, Lucas. Never have been, never will be.
0: Yeah, I, I struggle with the mochas. I mean, I know people on the podcast know my affinity for the coconut milk steamed flat white, but the mocha, it's its a little too sweet for me. It's its a little too much. don't even know what you
1: said. I don't understand it. Let's get the hockey. I'm done with this. I'm ready to talk some hockey and we have one of the best here with us today. A Dan K show favorite. We love getting up to Twin City. Make sure we get to an event each year. An, an organization that since its inception, since its launch in the NCDC has taken a leap by storm that every year, every year, it's a little better. It's a little further along, and things are looking good for Coach Dan Hodge. Coach, what's going on? How are things up in Twin City with the Thunder?
2: great great yeah i mean uh, i'm going on the coffee thing I'm a, I'm a black coffee guy myself just straight up black coffee you know it's got to be black no mocha nothing in it but uh if you go to that beer you're gonna have to get a ride to the game so uh <laughs> but uh yeah no things are going great up here we're uh you know it's been a uh, been a, a real good summer of uh recruiting and talking hockey with players and and, you know, this year has been a lot different than other years where you can't get out and see kids uh, playing hockey, where you got to kind of rely on video and advisors. And I spent a lot of time on the phone, a lot of time talking to kids and, and getting to know them. And, you know, I, I, I've liked it because it's not like going to a showcase where you've got a kid coming out of the locker room who's sweaty and just wants to get out of there. And he's got five or six people uh, waiting in line to talk to him. I mean, this one, this time you can get a kid on the phone and, and, and have a good conversation with him. And, uh, kind of get to know them and kind of see if it's a good fit. And, you know, for the most part, I've, uh,
1: I've enjoyed this process. And, Coach, you guys have had a successful offseason. You, you brought in some social media stars to onto the ice as well, some guys who <laughs> are putting together some awesome videos. And, I mean, how does that work? Do you feel like, obviously, you guys run a top-notch program up there. And the big thing I love about the Twin City Thunder is the people, the people behind it that really keep the gears moving and make this program work. Do you think, is that an advantage for you guys? Is that where a lot of your success this off season has come from is the fact that there's good people running it when you're getting out there and recruiting. Well, I think, yeah, I think
2: that, I think the fact that, you know, that, uh, that we've got some people with some experience in the game of hockey, uh, you know, uh, you know, I, I played, I played in the minors for a lot of years. I worked in the front office for a lot of years, a lot of teams. And I, you know, we saw, we've seen a lot, we've seen a lot of, uh, a lot of things that, that work. And, you know, I think, you know, some, a couple of things that we've really kind of lodged, uh, sorry, lynched ourselves to those, uh, those special Jersey nights and, you know, the pink, uh, the pink ice, no one, no one in the area does anything like that. And I think we try to set ourselves apart with, uh, with, with our events and, uh, you know, for the most part, they're, they're very successful. So we've, uh, we, you know, again, we're trying, we're trying to do things that we've seen along the way that, that I've, I've taken, you know, taken in in the back of my mind that I've seen and, uh, you now we we put it together and, and make it work.
1: And now you guys do it right in the business end. The hockey is obviously there. This is your first season behind the bench for the Thunder here at the NCDC level. What type? What should we expect out of a Dan Hodge coach squad? What should what should we expect to see out of your players each and every night in the NCDC? Well, I think you know. For me, I, I,
2: I've told every player you know that I've talked to, like, listen, there's there, there's there's twenty three players that are going to start the start the roster. You know, you got to win the job first of all at training camp, and then you got to keep the job because you know a lot of kids want to play tier two hockey. I've got emails every day, and knowing going knowing going this going through this process for two years now, I know the emails don't stop coming. Players are always looking. You know, and you've always got to be, you always kind of got to be looking over your shoulder, and that's the way I played my career. I, when I played, I was, I was always, you know worried about the next guy, you know, about who, who's, who's going to take my job. And, you know, one of the things is I, I try to stress to the players, like, I want you to come in, I want you to win your position, but I also, you got to realize you have to keep the position. And, you know, we want to make sure that nobody, you know, we want, nobody, we don't want anybody comfortable, too comfortable. And, and we want guys that are on, that, that, are, that are working hard and, and looking for that goal. And, uh, you know, obviously we want, we want to, we want to be one of the top teams in the league this year.
1: Yeah. And, and coach, I mean, your playing career speaks for itself, and, and it's, a, it's a career that was built on hard work, man. You were, you were a lunch pail to work, defensive player there, out there just battling each and every day, and you see that in your style, in your style behind the bench. We were watching your guys out in New Hampshire this past week and kind of taking in some of the Twin City Thunder action, and you could see it already. You could see guys – are willing to run through the wall for someone they know has already done it and can show them the way? How do you really draw upon your playing time to help grow these players and help develop what they're doing?
2: Again, yeah, I mean, it's, it starts with the conversations we talk to these players before you even get into a tender draft situation or an invite to camp. Um, for us, it's for me, it's a you know, I, I loved I loved who I saw in, in New Hampshire at that showcase. Guys stopping on pucks, guys you know, finishing checks, you know, playing hard through the whistles and, and not, there were some teams that were making cuts after the showcase and kids were trying to get into the, make a name for themselves from other teams, but our guys were playing strong and they stood up for themselves. Um, You know, you want players that are going to do that and you want players that are going to not only represent the Thunder, but represent themselves and, you know, represent the lineage that, that comes with it. And there's a lot of guys that have pulled on a Thunder jersey for the last two years that we're trying to build on and build on and build on. And, you know, I think the guys that are coming in are going to be, to understand that there's a, there's, we want to get better every year. We didn't make the playoffs last year. Let's be honest. We didn't qualify for the playoffs and you know, we lost by that one point or that, or that tiebreaker or whatever it was. And that doesn't sit well. You know, I want to make sure that this year going into it, you know, we qualify and we are, you know, we are, we we're we're the top of the league and we're, and we're talking about hopefully hosting a, uh, a playoff game.
1: Yeah, and, and that's what is so interesting to balance in the junior hockey world, right? It's Last year, you missed the playoffs, but so many of these rosters, I mean, the, the turnover, because everyone's doing it right. It's moving people to the next level, right? Getting them into college, getting them getting them those promotions there up into the collegiate ranks. And you look at it this year, you're putting together almost an whole new squad, right? You're building it from scratch and you're really piecing it together. How do you, how do you know when you have a winner? I mean, just as, a, just as a guy who's played on a lot of teams, how do you know when that team's, that team's a winner?
2: I think it's after camp, after you see how it gels. You know, you got to find your leadership group, first of all. You, know, not, you don't want anybody to walk around thinking they're better than the group and you want to have, have leaders, but you want to have leaders that are supportive of the group and if everyone's going to buy in from day one that's how you, that's how you kind of build your squad. Like, you know, everyone has to b- die in. There can't be any individuals. And, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, I, 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 I take a lot from when I played is I played for Donnie Granado, who, uh, you know, from the great Granado family. And he, I learned a lot from him. He was just such a student of the game. He was such a, such a guy, another guy, Mark Reeds, I played for you know, God rest his soul. He played, you know, played a lot of games in, in the NHL. You know, he I, I took a lot from those guys. Those guys taught me a lot about what it might what it means to be a professional. But you know, you want to tell these players, okay, you go to college, you got 30 players that are battling for 20 spots on Friday. So they have to realize that every day is a battle. Every day is 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 work and you have to come to work every day and you have to be prepared. Because when you go to school, I've had so many players call me, but like, boy, you were so right about that. You got thirty players that are trying to battle for those twenty spots on a Friday night, and it's hard. It's hard, but you want to, you want to, you want
1: to try to teach those lessons. We also want to, you know, you also want to get these kids prepared for the next step. I love it, Coach Hodge. We're gonna have a bunch of them coming up here. We're gonna to get to the Q and am I'm gonna let Lucas take the reins a little bit here and talk with Twin City Thunder's own Dan Hodge. This is a Twin City Thunder organization with a beautiful arena, a great rink. And I'll tell you, I was up there for pink in the rink last year, and they do it better than some of the NHL teams that have put that on and some of the AHL teams. I mean, the rink work being done up there is is beautiful. Love the job being done by the Twin City Thunder. Lucas, take away with a little Q&A. I'll be back in a few minutes.
0: So the first thing that I, I kind of want to talk about is – just this this twin city thunder team as a whole um so obviously the twin city thunder and maybe not so obviously if if for a lot of the new fans that are joining the usphl with the addition of the uh western states teams this year the twin city thunder are one of the newer teams in the ncdc we have a couple of new teams this year but before that these guys were kind of the young bunch. They were the, the new kids on the block, so to speak. Uh, so coach, the, the first question I have for you is a little broad, but I, I kind of want to give you some freedom to answer it. And I think it's, it bears repeating for some folks at home or some of the new coaches that the NCDC is a whole different animal. Um, so the first question is, what's it like to be at the helm of such a young NCDC program in a league as competitive as this one?
2: Uh, that's 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 a good question. You know, we we again, I wasn't coaching last year. Doug Friedman had, our, had was our head coach last year, and he did a great job. Did a great job with our, fir- our first year. By no means was was a failure. You know, we 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 had tw- over twenty wins. You know, we were we were we played hard every night. It was a good group. You know, but again, there's so many pl- there's so many teams out there. You got your Junior Bruins. You've got your Islanders. You got your 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 Hitmen. Um, you know, you've got your teams that are, that are established in the USPHL and in the NCDC, And those that in the Cyclones, I should say, you know, don't forget to mention them. You know, those are the teams that you want to compete with on a, on a nightly basis. Um, you know, so when you're young and you're trying to trying to establish, a, a, I guess, an, an identity in the league, you know, it's, it's about it's, it's hard for us because we, we hadn't seen we haven't really been part of the league yet. So last year was kind of our, our, I guess our testing round and uh, you know, we did a good job, but uh, you know, we um, you know, it, it was hard, it was tough, but I'd say what every night was a battle. Every night was good hockey up and down. You know, there wasn't any, there was no BS. you know, It was all good, fast hockey. That was just a lot of fun to watch. And I got to watch it from, you know, from, from above and watch the games. And uh, I was really impressed with the speed and the actual talent in the league. Cause you don't really know. I mean, I'd never, I right hand, honest to God truth. I had never seen a tier two hockey in my life. Never had seen one. So I didn't know what to expect. And then, you know, you see these teams come in and you're like, wow, these guys can really play. And we, we were competitive and you we, know, we had some really good goaltending and uh, you know, things were, it was, it was tough, but you know, our, our, our staff was really, was really well put together and, and we were prepared and we did
0: what we could do. So knowing that and, and having that experience um, sort of under your belt, and, and I think it's interesting. I, I feel like we always come back to the quote from Coach Ryan through the Monarchs where, you know, we asked him what his first year was like. And he said, this game is quick. This game is fast. And it's it's a little different, you know, from, from things he had seen previously. So with that experience under your belt, what uh, – what are you guys looking for in recruitment? Because I think every coach has given us a different answer with what, what kind of players they're looking for, what kind of skills they're looking for, what kind of people they're looking for to join, uh, to join their team. So what are you looking for in, in players to try to build this twin city thunder team?
2: Well, you want, you know, I want players that play North and South that finish checks that, that don't don't that create turnovers that don't make turnovers um, you know, you want guys that aren't afraid to to go to the dirty areas and 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 get you know score goals in the in those areas. Um, you want guys with experience. Like I, I've recruited some players that have won you know state titles in high school and they've been captains. And you know, you got guys that have won U eighteen titles. So guys that know how to win in their they're, they're in their DNA kind of thing. But you want players that understand that the game whatever game you came from, you are, you're probably, a, you're probably going to, it's going to take you a little while to understand it's a step faster. So maybe two steps faster. I mean, there, there's, there are some players that can really move out there. And I, I, I agree with Ryan that the speed of the game and the skill level uh, it was, it was impressive. Again, I, you know, I, I take games. I remember, I remember watching the hitman the first time they came up to, up to watch us, boy, they would get the puck, they go, boom, they'd be three passes. They'd be out of the zone. They'd be on the attack. And I was like, "Wow, that's impressive! That's impressive to watch them move the puck like that." Um, You know, I want players that know, "Hey, move the puck quicker, move it quicker, get it in, get it in, get it in deep. Don't turn it over at the blue lines, and you know, play a smart game and 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 defend." You know, I want my my focus as a as a former defenseman, of course, is always take care of the D zone first. I'm always a big believer in guys need to play defense before they go on the offense because. You got to you got to be able to take care of your own end because last year, you know, we, we go back to last year, we were giving up 45, 50 shots a game, and you know, Kozik and and our goaltending, they 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 saw a lot of shots every night. So I want this year, I focused more on defensemen, and you know, now it's the draft. We found some forwards,
0: and and I think this is why I was so excited to have you on the show, is because as a defensive minded guy myself, uh, I take a lot of flack from other hosts of the Dan K show that I won't name Uh, (laughs) (laughs) for being Yeah. Whoever that guy might be. Um, You know, I, I'm a defensive guy. I, I like watching this, this for what it's worth. It's older, older school defensive hockey, but I think it does have a place in what is becoming this, this new school, smaller players, faster players, better passing, crisper crisper play in general. Now the one thing we always preface this question is, we don't want you to give away the farm here. We don't want you to give up all the special tricks and plays, but dive in a little bit to the, the defensive philosophy that you're hoping to bring to the table here, because I think it's interesting for a lot of players who are only, and coaches and fans who are only really looking at some of the offensive sides of the game. What does the defensive side of the game look like when you're watching hockey you know, on game day or even as a fan?
2: Well, I always say your, your six guys in the defensive zone have to beat their five. Like your goal, your goalie's the sixth guy, right? So your six players have to be better than their five players on a, on a, on a, on a even, even man situation. So you have to realize that you have six out there instead of five. And some players, some people don't understand that, but you know, again, it's more or less, you got to protect the front of the net and you've got to make sure your goalie sees shots and you can't let second and third opportunities. I mean, that's, that's one of the biggest things is, is rebound second chances. As good as goalies are kids can shoot the puck a hundred miles an hour nowadays and not even blink, you know? So it's, you know, you need to take away those, 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 those chances in the middle of the ice and, and, you know, play physical and make it as a defenseman, as, as a defense defense, I want to make sure that they make the forwards that are coming in the zone pay a price. They have to earn the zone. They can't just skate in the zone freely they have to be able to earn the zone, so that means you know keeping a good gap in the neutral zone, you know making them go east and west of the blue line. I mean that's kind of what you want. I mean there's so many kids that are going a million miles an hour that if you make a, a puck carrier go left and right instead of north and south, a lot of offsides get created. So you know again, but in in the zone it's it's you know two hands on the stick, you know playing strong. Don't get don't get to the boards and keep the
1: puck on the outside. And coach, I love that love that physical mentality. And it's something that, you know, we saw a team like the Northern Cyclones with Bill Flanagan, a team that went in as an eight seed two years ago at the NCDC level in the jersey against the hitmen team that I really think was the best hitmen team I've seen with all the all the success they've had there. That team that year was unstoppable. And they went in and they made it difficult. They made they were physical. They kept them out. They made it tough to earn their space. They made them earn every inch of ice that that, those that two game series there as they swept them. And they went into town and they took it to an unstoppable team, a team that had lost three times in regulation the entire year before that. And that's the style I'm excited to kind of see you bring in. And and I feel like I feel like you kind of have that same that that similar mentality to, to Coach Flanagan there, where it's make people earn it. And and is that is that really what's your are you finding players when you're out here on the recruiting trail are you finding players that fit that mold or are you trying to create that player are you trying to instill that in them?
2: Dan I'm very honest with my players I tell my players we play defense first if you can't play in the D zone you can't play on my team I tell them that and they know that and they know that going in if you're going to if you're going to cheat one thing, one thing one of the one of the things that I am I am not a big fan of is is the is, blow, is, is the forward blowing the zone waiting at the far blue line, waiting for a pass from the D I don't like that. I want. I watch the Bruins. I watch all these all these NHL games. They're attacking five guys. Like five guys are coming out of the zone. I was watching the playoffs a couple of, last year. I think it was or two years ago. I should say not last year. Um, Toronto when Toronto, Toronto and Boston and Toronto one, one the one game that Toronto won in Boston, they were five get five guys in the zone. They were compressing the zone. When they got the puck, they went out five guys. There wasn't a guy standing at the far blue line waiting for the long bomb pass. It wasn't you know, a weak side guy taking off. It was D to D up to the wing, center wing and boom, and you're, and you're out of the zone. And it's five guys attacking the line with speed, not one guy waiting at the blue line for the, for the, hopefully, first of all, if you have that, you got to have a D man that can make that pass. <laughs> and second of all, if you, if you don't, if, if you can't get, if you don't get the puck on your stick, you, you're playing five, now, now you're a man down. Now you're six, now your six becomes five on five. Now the goalies now the goalie is another defender. now you're now you're now you're struggling in your zone because you've got a guy waiting at the far blue line. So um,
1: I, I I like the I like that. As you kind of navigated this offseason, obviously taking over the helm here, NCDC, jumping behind a bench, and now you're dealing with pandemic, COVID-19, mm-hmm. rinks closed all over the place. I mean, you could you could not have picked the like the, you think about like a video game if this was Chell, you'd set the difficulty level for your ownership to uh to like an expert right now so how's yeah. that been for you how are you handling it all is it, is it is the world spinning
2: it's 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 so tough because you know players are asking every day i mean i've got i've got four or five texts already today hey what's the story with with the season is it, i mean I, I tell them the same thing i tell everybody else listen I can't guarantee there's going to be a season. I can't guarantee this. This isn't going to all turn, turn sideways tomorrow. Nobody knows. All we can do is say, Hey, we're planning on a season. We're planning starting in September. We you know our, our, our main camp is is next month in August. We, we pushed it back because of, because of all this, um, you know, but you know, it's one of those things I wish, I wish, I wish there was a crystal ball and you could say, Hey, yeah, this is, this is what's going to happen. But unfortunately we can only kind of do what we can do. We have no control of a situation. And, and, you know, it's one of those things where you just got to kind of kind of play the cards
1: you dealt. Yeah. And, and that's something that we get, we get asked the questions too, players, parents yeah. uh, around the league and around the game of hockey, what's going to happen? And, you know, just like you said, there's no crystal ball. Nobody has an answer, but every, everything right now is pointing towards hockey. And that's the big goal yeah. And that that has to be, as a player right now, if you're a player sitting there watching and and you want to play for Dan Hodge, you want to play for the Twin City Thunder, you want to play in the NCDC, the USPHL, wherever you are throughout the country, you got to be putting in the work still. You got to put in the work. I know there's going to be a lot of guys that show up in August, some of these camps around the country, who are thinking, yeah, I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think there's going to be hockey. And when it does show up, you better be in shape and you better be ready. And that's something that I know coaches like yourself are, are kind of keeping in touch with players and ensuring that they they stay on the right path. They're getting ready for the season.
2: Oh, I mean, absolutely. I mean, you look you look at you look at two two cases, right? You look at look at the Miami Marlins and the Major League Baseball. Thirteen players just got diagnosed with COVID. You look at the NHL four over four thousand tests since July and zero cases. So the NHL's got figure it figured out. I think the league is following the NHL's the NHL's model, and so now we're going to figure it out. So and I think the, the other
1: positive about the NCDC is is the geographical locations of everything, right? You're not driving mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. You're not driving across the country, right? You're not you're not going 10 states over. You're all centralized in the northeast, New England region, down in New Jersey, and you know, you can really control travel that way in a way that just doesn't happen anywhere else.
2: Yeah, I, I think the business model for a lot of the teams is is very for, is it's a very it's very good for our league. You know, when it comes to these teams, don't we don't we don't count, we don't we don't rely on you know the ticket revenue. Yeah, it's nice to have fans in the building. It's nice to get ticket revenue, but teams don't count on that. And 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 I think some leagues where the teams count on that, they're gonna they're gonna struggle. And I I was you know you hear some leagues are pushing pushing it off a month and maybe another month. You know they don't know some leagues don't know. Um, so they're 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 they don't they don't know which is they're they're creating this uncertainty, which is good for the NCDC because we have a path. September 25th, opening night, and we're
1: going. So, you know, jump on board. (laughs) And that's it. And and that's where you saw such a successful event this past weekend in New Hampshire. You, You know, you get all the teams out, you had a chance to get in the ice, guys got a chance to take each other on there. And they did such a good job with the distancing, the spacing, the outdoor locker rooms, the open air to make sure that everyone could be properly spaced apart. And, you know, it's just, Things are moving towards hockey, ladies and gentlemen. And, and we're gonna see Coach Hodge behind the bench sooner than you know it. It's gonna be happening. I can't wait. And Coach, uh, what I want to talk to you about now is really the the Thunder organization number one. I mean, obviously, this is this is your baby here. This is you guys have you guys have grown this thing from the ground up here in the Lewis and Auburn area. And it's the number one hockey experience in Maine. I I've been, been around the state. It is one-of-a-kind the way you guys put this thing together the professionalism of it the jersey nights the pink in the rink, all of this i mean did you envision having this much success with it when you guys launched it did you are you surprised by the success both on the ice and off the ice and the business model of it all like how's that come together for you how's that felt uh
2: it's felt good i mean you take a leap of faith and you know, i was down i was down in cape cod and and living there with my wife, and uh, you know, I, I had a team and uh, my wife and family, I should say. And we, we had a team in a different league, and we got rid of that team. And and uh, and Ben and I, Ben Gray and I, had a conversation, and and you know, we we talked with the league, and we and we and we move forward with it. And you know, it was it was it's been great. I got to be honest with you. It's I mean, we I think knowing coming up to Maine, first of all, playing at Merrimack College, then coming coming up to play University of Maine at Orono. Was an experience in itself. <laughs> in itself. You see those people, and you see the craziness. And my, and my my older brother played for the for the Maine Mariners, you know, back, yeah, the Mariners, the Maine Mariners, back in the day when he was with Boston. And you see the passion that was around Portland. My dad, when he played for Binghamton, would come up and play against the Maine Mariners in the in the in the American League. Um, you know, again playing in Maine and, and knowing what a great hockey state Maine is. I, I think we knew we were gonna have something special, but the, the Lewiston Auburn area has been so good to us. We've made so many, so many good, so many good contacts, and there's so many good people that are willing to help us out and, and be part of it that you know we are excited and you know, yeah, it's it's been it's been fun, but we know I think we also know for a fact that the hard work doesn't stop because we've had a couple of successful years. Just like our team, right? You you gotta realize that you know, there are other 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 Things knocking on the door, so we have to be prepared to be to be one step ahead. And I think we do a pretty good job of that. You know, I think you know, big a big shout out goes to a guy like Alex Julia, who's my my assistant coach, our premier coach. He has done so much work this summer, and he's been such a such a stud for us um, that it's been fantastic. You know, Ben Ben owns a pool company, so Ben's digging pools all summer, and he's he's working hard. You know, I've got my hockey schools, I'm doing my hockey schools, but Alex has been a really good constant for us. And, uh, you know, it's one of those things where the success, uh, we're building a good foundation and, you know, we're, we're, we're starting to see it kind of grow, grow a little better, grow more.
1: I also love the, the Alex Trulia get up on the bench this past weekend when we're down out in New Hampshire. He was rocking the the no socks with the boat shoes. And and the, the Cabana shorts going on. I, it was a great look. I was, I, I, <laughs> what I saw, I was like, all right, man. He, he right is there. he is
2: a beauty. I tell you what, he is he is one of. I'll be honestly, I'm 100 honest with you. I've I, I've known him for. He's coached for me down in Cape Cod for a couple of years. There, he's a he's a young man who is going to do some great things. He comes from a great family. His uncle Stan was was in the old International Hockey League in the played for the Dan Bay Lightning. He was, is, he was like a, the Gordy Howe of the IHL when I was coming through and I, and getting, getting with Alex has been such a blessing because he has got such a potential and he just loves the game. He loves everything about it. He dresses, he, he's always dressed for success. I always tease him. I laugh. I, he's, I said, I saw him the other day. He, He's got Thunder gear. I said, Alex, you got more Thunder gear than anybody in the, in the organization. <laughs> so <laughs> I, just, I think he's got Thunder everything. But he, uh, again, I, 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 he's such a good, a good young man, and, and he's got such a bright future. I, I'm, we're just so fortunate to have him. It's, 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 I can't say it
1: enough. And that's, that's what's so important with, with the organizations we see in the NCDC, and especially yours. It's just the people behind it all that's where the success comes from right like any good business it's it's the employee base the ownership the the coaching staff the the players on the team that make the product and you see that there in twin city in in spades it's just each time we're up there number one it's it's a professional experience number two the players are treated like kings up there man obviously they worked hard and and you guys are working with them each and every day but i mean it's a pro experience, and, and we never go up the Twin City and bump into upset players. You know, it, it's everybody's, everybody's welcoming too, and that's something that I've loved with the Twin City Thunder. We walked around the town with the camera, and I learned what a hot dog was. I didn't know that you said <laughs> hot dog up there, but I, yeah. I was offered a few free hot dogs when I was hanging out.
2: There you go. No, again, we, we, I appreciate you saying that we, we definitely try to do our best for our players, but you know, it starts, you know, at the arena as well. You know, the, the city, the city of Auburn has been so good to us from Mark Goslin to Rory Mushlin at the rink. Uh, they're very, very accommodating and they've worked with us, you know, since the beginning and, you know, they, they've been, it made it so easy for us and that, you know, we're, we're excited, you know, we're excited to be here and excited that we're, we're, we're going to be there for a long time.
1: I can't wait, Coach. I always, I always end the Q and A portion with a question to all of our guests, coaches, players, and and it's always the same question. In this case, I'm a player. I'm a hockey parent right now, watching around the country, trying to make my next step. How do you put it in the words? Why the Twin City Thunder? Why do I choose the Twin City Thunder? Why is that the place to play? Why is the why are the Twin City Thunder the organization for me?
2: Because Dan K comes up all the no. <laughs> time. Um, I'll be honest. To me, I think the fact of the matter is, I'll be honest with you. There's a lot of kids. At, honesty is what we try to say. Listen, I'm not going to lie to you. There's plenty of There are plenty of organizations that will t- do that for you. Do that Do that, Do that. that to your face. I'll be honest with you. I always tell kids, you may not like the answer, but at least you'll know you get this, the, the honest truth. And I'll say, don't ask the question unless you want the truth. So... I, I always try to I try to be honest with them, and I say, "Here's the deal. You know, we've got opportunity. You know, obviously for this year, we had a we had, we had a, we had a lot of kids go on to school. We had some kids that quit that can't come back. Some kids that decided not to come back. Um, so we have a lot of opportunity here. And there's there there's the play in like like we said the be- I think the best league in, in in the states right now. It's the best league, best tier two league in the states, um, and play in front of." college coaches you got you've got player you get you get coaches that know people that are going to help you that will help you out dave peters helps us out with 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 if you if you need someone to talk to and from the league um at a school you know so for us for me it, it kind of writes itself but again i always go back to i'll be honest with you i'm not gonna lie i tell the truth again you may not like the way you, you may not like the answer but it's not fair to not fair to sugarcoat it especially at this time of year this time of life and these kids need to need to be understand that there's a we're going to be honest with them
1: I love it coach absolutely love it stay right there we'll be back with our parting words from Dan Hodge and myself and Lucas's normally non-verbose parting words but before <laughs> that we have to go to Lucas's educational corner which Lucas I think I, I can never figure out we, we what the actual name is the academic corner the educational corner but This is the moment in the show where we remind all our players and parents that the hockey experience at the junior hockey level and the collegiate level is not just about what happens on the ice. It's about what happens off the ice as well. And those academics, that book learning is a big key to the whole experience. Lucas, what's your tip for the players at home today?
0: Well, before we get into the, the academic tip here, Dan, I do want to say that if if the Twin City Thunder ever do have a Coach Alex night at the rink, I've got a selection of boat shoes and cabana shorts that I think could absolutely rival anyone else out there. Uh, it would be cold, but I think it would be a lot of fun to to add to the slate of, uh, slate of evenings at the rink.
2: If that gets you guys up here, we'll do
0: it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I love he, it. Might, he may not like it, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's the spirit. Yeah. Uh, So for the the academic corner, educational corner moment of the week, um, I've got some simple advice for younger players, older players. uh, And really, I think this is one of the few that applies to everybody out there. Um, And that's to read. And I know it sounds very simple. And to an extent, I know it sounds very preachy because we've always heard these truths about everybody should read more spoken in like breathless whispers and you know promises of zen like meditation but
1: i used to do it for the free pizza at pizza hut.
0: <laughs> we all used to do it for the free pizza at pizza hut i don't know if they still have that program um but that was uh it was very very well thought out you know you you read a book you get a pizza uh but yeah so the if you if you read more study after study after study Links it to positive benefits. You've got the ability to understand other people. You've got the ability to uh, to process information faster. For younger students, it's it's an opening to more vocabulary words, to understanding different dialects, to styles of writing. For older adults, maybe some some parents and coaches out there, it keeps you fresh on how the english language is evolving and so i think the thing that i've been recommending to a lot of my students uh the last week or so is to read more outside of the things they've normally been reading if you normally read a lot of news articles papers crack open a fiction book a science fiction historical fiction crack open something you wouldn't normally read if you're normally a young adult fiction or science fiction well maybe get a subscription to the new york times the washington post go ahead and read a biography, Uh, you know, pick something off the New York times bestseller list. I think the biggest thing here is you need to continue to challenge yourself with new material. If you continue to stay in your figurative bubble, I don't want to say leave the literal bubble for some, uh, some of the NHL players uh, (laughs) don't leave the literal bubble, but as far as the figurative bubble goes, you need to break outside of that as much as possible because that's the only way you're going to continue to expand your vocabulary, your diction, the way that you look at the world. You have to continue to challenge yourself in more ways than just on the ice. Reading is one way to do that. Uh, I remember growing up watching Reading Rainbow with LeVar Burton, Geordie LaForge from Star Trek The Next Generation. And that was one of the first TV programs that I saw that encouraged me to read, which started my love of reading. And so I would encourage people to get into reading. To generate their own love of reading by just going outside and picking something they wouldn't normally read and giving it a shot.
1: I love it. Lucas another great academic corner that I feel like Lucas, you're more talking to me than to the students and players. (laughs) I I always feel like you're more yelling at me to read more. Mm -hmm. And I know I should, I should probably take more time for that, but I'm a busy man. I'm a busy man. Hockey and baseball are back. Things are moving. Sports are going. And with that, we go to our parting words. We'll start with Lucas. Lucas, your parting words. Okay, that was beautiful. I think, <laughs> I think my, my and Coach Dan Hodge, is going to be a little better than Lucas's. I, I, he's usually a little quiet during this time, Coach. But Coach, Coach Dan Hodge, again, a legend on the ice throughout his playing career. The Hodge family known well throughout the game of hockey. They've taken hockey to Maine, and they've taken it to another level with the twin city thunder. This is a a former Merrimack college guy. And this is a future hall of fame coach in the NCDC. I want to put it out there right now. I'm going to put it out there right now, coach. I can't wait to see what you have in store for us with that. Let's go to your parting words here. No pressure. Um,
2: No, I, again, I, 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 I uh, I go, I'm going to go on Lucas's thing there with the reading. I, when I was playing, I always used to do a, uh, I used to do crosswords. I would do crosswords before practice and before games. I always got myself doing those to keep my mind sharp. But, you know, like he was saying, the first thing college coaches ask are about grades and about uh, can a, how, how's his SAT, how, how are his grades? The second thing is about the hockey. So, you know, you, you can't overstate enough the, uh, the importance of getting a good education, doing well in school. But, uh, you know, for me, I, I appreciate you guys giving me the time here. I wish everybody well. I, I hope everybody does the right thing and, and, and take care of each other. And let's get back to the game that we love and let's get back to
1: uh, let's get back to what the normal will be. That's exactly right. Coach. We thank you so much for joining us. My parting words for today. I'm using the word resiliency today and Lucas is probably surprised. I know what that means, but during these times, during this odd off season this one of a kind time in, in this, in the, in the timeline of history, We are in need of resiliency more than ever. we got to be able to bounce back when we've had a bad day, when we've had a bad moment, when you've had a bad shift on the ice, when you had a bad practice. Resiliency. you got to learn to bounce back. The first thing I learned in my sporting career that really helped me as an athlete was clearing the mechanism or clearing your brain or having a a short-term memory, right? The amount of times where you need to – you're going to fail. You're going to fail as an athlete. You're going to fail as a student at times. You're going to fail just in life, in everyday life. You might fail in the office one day as well. But it's not about how we fail. It's about how we bounce back. It's about resiliency. It's about being able to pick ourselves up, dust ourselves off, and battle right back at it. And I will tell you what, coaches like Dan Hodge, for those of you trying to get to the Tier 2 level with the NCDC here, and college scouts and college coaches and eventually employers – at wherever you're working, whether you're a professional hockey player in the NHL or you're an employee somewhere in the working world one day, they look for those people who run into those walls and keep battling to find that door. And that's what you guys got to do. Be resilient. Keep battling. Keep working. You want to know more about the Dan K Show, it's www.dancashow.com. You can also go to Twitter, Facebook, Instagram at the underscore Dan K Show. Check out the Twin City Thunder. Keep tuned in. Hockey TV all year long. Jeff Mannix, the man, behind the mic for those Twin City Thunder throughout the season. It's a big time to be a Maine hockey fan. Make sure to watch the Twin City Thunder. We thank Dan Hodge, coach, owner, everything of the Twin City Thunder. And, Coach, we've had a great time with you.
2: Gentlemen, I've had a blast. I really appreciate it, and I hope we can do this again soon.